Well, a couple of Nashville Predators making headlines at the World Junior Championships, and we got Eric Denae here to talk about it with us on a special edition of Locked On Predators podcast. Joachim Kamel becoming a breakout star this tournament. Simon Knack wearing the C for Switzerland. And Anton Olsen having some injury problems, but finally gets in for a couple of games. A lot to talk about with all of the Preds prospects. We'll have it all for you today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeChuck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at onthefourcheck.com. And we have a bonus partner in crime today. And uh, you've seen his work on onthefourcheck.com. You've seen his prospects coverage on Twitter at onthefutureOTF. Eric Denae, Predators Prospects Yay. writer extraordinaire. Eric, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you are, you're picking an exciting time to join us uh, because my friend... Welcome to the summer of Kamel. Like what? <laughs> what an absolute tournament uh, he is having right now. Uh, it looks like as of now, we know we have a couple of games left tonight, but he is uh, firmly second in scoring the entire tournament. He's been a dynamo for Finland, and it just seems like Eric. The more you know, we watch him in this tournament, the more we saw him in camp. Uh, it, it just seems like more and more it's becoming a situation like, man, how did this guy fall all the way to 17 for the Preds? Yeah, it's interesting. I think, um, you know, especially given his brief experience at the World Juniors in December, that were ultimately canceled, you know, uh, the expectation was certainly there that he was um, going to be a high performer for the Finns this time around. Um, their top line with him, Ronnie Hervin and, and um, Atirazu has been pretty lethal. Uh, throughout, but you're right. He's uh, second in the tournament in scoring right now. He's got um, 11 points in five games. Uh, six of those are, are even strength points, uh, primary even strength points, excuse me. Uh, and the next point he notches um, will uh, give him the record for most points at a World Juniors by a Preds prospect um, in franchise history, uh, which is currently held by uh, the off-forgotten Saku Manalainen. So, um, oh well, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> who, who could forget Saku Manalainen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you seeing what you expected to see from Kamel in in the World Championships this time around, or um, are you seeing? Do you think he's performing better than your expectations? Kind of where is he as far as your gauge going into the tournament? Yeah, well, I think it's we got to be careful not to take too many conclusions, draw too many conclusions from this tournament. It's you know, kind of a makeup. Oh, it is a makeup tournament. It's mm -hmm. held at a kind of weird time of the year. You know, if it weren't for this, he'd um, be playing some preseason games with his um, Finnish team uh, JYP. But uh, overall, I think he has met and at times exceeded expectations. Uh, the Finns have been given a lot of power play opportunities, and, and um, he's uh, obviously a part of their their power play. Uh, units. So that's certainly helped. I think there's been a few performances here and there where, um, 
you know, he's, he's, his puck touches haven't been as crisp and he's maybe looked mm-hmm. a little less engaged, uh, maybe against lesser competition. And that can certainly uh, happen a lot at this tournament, but uh, overall he's, um, he's contributed when it's mattered. And like I said, that, that top line as a whole um, has really gelled together. Um, and, and he's been a big part of that. So, um, you know, we're, we're, I think seeing um, a lot of the, the good in his game and um, not seeing too much bad or, or too much uh, that needs to be worked on. But, um, you know, the things that I kind of thought going into the season would be areas of improvement, um, you know, will still remain, especially when he's playing at the pro level and not just at a, a junior tournament. Yeah, I think it's important to remember for a guy like Kamel, like he just got drafted. He's still 18 mm-hmm. years old. Um, and in a lot of cases, you know, in past world juniors, it, it's very – you know, it's not rare, but, you know, you see a lot of people really starting to play bigger roles, maybe in their, you know, the year after they get drafted or their their plus two years when they really start to break out. So the fact that we're kind of seeing him perform this well, this sort of early, this early on is kind of a good sign. And I know Eric, you know, when I was watching some of his games the other day, because, you know, sometimes in, in world juniors, You can rack up a lot of points, but, you know, maybe that's a product of who you're playing with or maybe you're just with some super elite players. But you watch Kamel play and he's he's the one that's driving a lot of this offense. And he's the guy that's kind of setting up and starting some of these scoring chances and goals for Finland. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So through their round robin play, which was their first four games, um, I've I've been doing my own tracking data um, through those games, you know, uh, 20.88 shot attempts per 60 minutes, um, plus another 13.19 primary shot assists per 60 minutes. Um, He's carrying the puck in like crazy, Um, you know, 60% entry zone entry success rate, uh, 81% zone exit um, success rate, 62% Corsi. So the numbers are all there. And beyond that, um, uh, Lassie Allen, um, who uh, writes for EP ringside has been doing his own tracking and, and through those first four games, um, Kemmel leads the Finns in, in, um, scoring chances per 60, uh, and expected goals per 60. So, um, you know, one of those moments where the, the eye test and the numbers match up, you know, he's been in and around the net. Um, he's been throwing pucks at goalies, uh, and he, like you said, has been setting up these chances and, and, um, converting. So, um, that's good to see, uh, certainly. And, and I think, um, you know, once the kind of off the puck game matures a little bit, then, um, you know, you should have quite the player on, on our hands. So I'm curious, we're talking about the things that he's doing really well in this tournament. And this, again, like you said, may be a situation where it's not going to highlight these huge deficits in his game at the juniors. What are some of the deficits in his game that you think he's going to need to address over the next couple seasons? Sure. Yeah. Um, I kind of say this with all like first round picks, you know, it's when you're a first round pick, there's not so many deficits to their game as things Mm -hmm. you're just kind of like being nitpicky about or things that can Mm -hmm. improve. Um, I think with him, you know, this is a little cliche, but it's true. I think just engaging more physically. um, I think there's Mm -hmm. been a few times in this tournament and and, in his pro career to date where um, when he's engaging physically or, or, you know, in a one-on-one puck battle where the other person's engaging physically, um, he isn't always coming out um, on top. And so, you know, knowing how to work those body check angles, knowing how to win um, foot races by outsmarting the other player uh, in the defensive zone, I think are really key. Um, In this tournament, there's been a few hiccups in terms of, of, zone exits um when he's passing out of the zone you know finland's when it comes to finland's breakout um 
scheme. He's been, you know, at times letting defenders pinch down and 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 kind of pressure him against the puck. Um, you know, and and he's got the skill to kind of collect it and circle back and, and reorganize a breakout. And you really want to see more than more of that um, moving forward. And then, I guess the other thing is, um, you know, the last thing I'll mention is is skating. And I have to be very careful here because. At the uh, NHL draft this year, I was uh, called out on Twitter by the Preds, uh, one of the Preds scouts, uh, <laughs> about this. So um, I do not think that Joachim Kemmel is a bad skater whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's a good skater. I think at the NHL level right now, he's an extremely – he's a good and very average skater. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is a lot more to give there um, in terms of the, the fluidness of his stride, in terms of uh, his acceleration, his first few steps. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is kind of easy to unlock. Uh, the Preds seemingly see him as an above-average skater. Um, so we'll, we'll put aside our, our difference of opinions there. But, um, you know, he can do so many great things with the puck, I think, uh, against – I forget who they were playing, but it was like the second game of the tournament. He, you know, collected the puck in a breakout. When he hit his own blue line, he literally launched a three-line saucer pass right onto the, uh, the 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 blade of his teammate on the opposite side of the rink, who came in for a scoring chance. It was akin to the Eric Carlson entire ice pass from like 2017 that everyone knows the clip of. But um, you 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 know, in order to be able to do things like that more often. Um, you just want to see a little more acceleration and uh, a little more fluidness to a skating stride. So Uh, there is one other question I kind of want to ask about um, Kamel and maybe where you see him um, throughout this season um, and maybe some of his future plans. Cause I know a lot of people are kind of asking when he's going to be in Nashville. So I want to get to that in a second. Uh, But first I want to mention uh, today's show dropped to you or brought to you by uh, the NHTSA Uh, drive sober or get pulled over campaign. Uh, I think all of us um, who participate in drinking from time to time have been in this situation, hanging out with friends late at night, coworkers, putting a few back. And you kind of realize after a while you've drank one too many. And there's always that sort of voice in your head that's saying, you know what? I don't live too far. I'm only buzz. I'm good enough to drink. Guys, don't do it. Like, just don't do it. So much can happen. You can lose your license. You can lose your job. Totally your car. You can lose your life. So it's not risk it. Everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. But that doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel. That's why police officers are right there or out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads so they can save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe. Plan ahead. Get a ride. Guys, it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Get a ride. Get a safe ride. And don't test your luck. Again, drive sober or get pulled over. Eric, I know there's one thing uh, I want to ask about Joachim Kamel. Um, and obviously, when you have a high-profile first-round pick, everybody's going to ask, when's he going to be a member of the Nashville Predators. Obviously he's going to be with JYP this year. Um, Is, do you see him as somebody that's the Preds are going to kind of maybe fast track like they did with Kevin Fiala, where he does one year after his draft year in Europe and then comes to North America. Do you see them maybe doing more of a slow burn and letting him stay in Finland for, for two seasons? 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell this early on. Um, you're right, he'll he'll be playing again in the Finnish Liga this year. Um, last season, he signed a three-year contract extension over there, which doesn't really mean so much because the NHL and the Liga have a loan agreement. Um, so it's not like he has to stay over there through 2024, 25. Sure. Um, but... Um, yeah, you know, if I if I had to guess right now, I'd probably put my money on maybe two more years um, mm-hmm. in Finland before he's in the NHL. I'm, you know, it kind of depends, right? Like the question becomes, uh, do they feel that he needs, you know, a season in Milwaukee for whatever reason? Uh, and if he does, maybe that's after the season. And if he doesn't, maybe you know, straight to the NHL after two years, two more years over in Finland. But um, it's hard to say for now. Um, I think, you know, obviously the season coming up uh, will, you know kind of clue us into a, a better answer there um mm-hmm. and and how he uh kind of continues to progress because if you recall his season last year um in the finish league you know he started off extremely hot and and um kind of cooled down towards the end of the season and, and dealt with some injury issues and stuff like that but um it kind of depends on on that consistency moving forward so he's not the only nashville predator prospect that we have playing in this tournament what can you tell us about our sweet swiss fellow yeah um simon kanak uh captain of the uh the swiss team um he's actually technically aged out of the tournament but um because it's a makeup tournament older players were able to be grandfathered in um and uh some folks may recall that he was kind of patient zero um last december he was um the, the first player to, to test positive for COVID coming over to Canada and uh, ultimately had to quarantine, didn't play a single game and had to quarantine in, in Red Deer for two weeks uh, long after all this team had gone back home. So um, it's good to see him. You know, he'll be, he, this will be his last World Juniors. Um, like I said, he's captaining the Swiss team, playing in their top six. Um, he's scored just one goal uh, in, uh, in four games and, and they've got a tough quarterfinal matchup against Canada today. Uh, on Wednesday. So in all likelihood, uh, that'll probably be their last game. But um, he's looked really solid on a team that struggled, I think, a lot um, in this tournament. Um, you know, they've certainly held their own defensively uh, against some of the heavier weights for, uh, you know, a period or two. But uh, they really just haven't had the runway to generate a ton of offense. Um, the beauty of his game is is it's pretty quiet. Um He's really mm-hmm. effective at, at both ends of the ice. Uh, you know, he was never going to score at this tournament like Hemel was, but uh, I think he's been uh, as solid of a player for the Swiss as you'd expect. Yeah, I kind of want to ask, you know, how do you judge a player like Kanak? Because obviously he's not going to light up the scoreboard on a team like Switzerland. Um, and as you mentioned, that's not really his game anyway. And, you know, if you're not on, you know, Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland, a team like that, you know, you're probably not going to have, you know, all eyes on you and you're probably not going to have an opportunity to get like, you know, like teams getting 50, 60 shots on game, like on goal in some of these games. So when you look at somebody like Kanak and he's out there playing against clearly better team competition, what kind of things do you look for individually that makes you think, okay, this guy is kind of holding his own, or maybe this guy needs a little bit more work? Yeah, I mean, so that's the hard part about this tournament, right, is it's you know not really helpful to draw a ton of conclusions from because some of these games can be so um, mismatched. But for him, um, you know, I think what's important, especially for someone who's already been playing in a pro league um, beforehand, 
is just the finer details uh, of their game, specifically off the puck. So, you know, against Finland or Sweden or the U.S. or Canada, he and the rest of the team might not get a ton of puck touches. They might not get a ton of scoring chances. They might not generate a ton of shots. But, um, you know, just because, you know, they're, they're still – playing the game they're still keeping up with with whoever's on the ice and and um he's a fine skater so i think you know for him you you kind of want to look at um you know i've been really impressed with his defensive game since the preds have drafted him and you want to kind of look for him continuing to build on that so you know he's a winger so in the defensive zone you know making sure he's winning his battles along the half wall and breakouts you know making sure he's um you know mirroring his defenseman well uh and and not and preventing um you know a ton of point shots making sure he's um you know making sure he's reading uh his teammates well on breakouts and and you know obviously when you play against teams like canada that stuff can break down very quickly and, and no one person can can really control control that uh whole operation but uh, you know, when the game's competitive and when um, they're right there, those are the kind of things that you can look for and, and you know, take some positives out of uh, against tougher competition. Uh, so Sweden just saw the final score. Sweden just beat Latvia. I'm going to need a minute. But uh, we we also have a Swede that that is at the tournament. How's that going, Eric? Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, Anton the, Olsen. The laughter probably gives away how this bless, is going to go. Bless, yeah. bless. Yeah, Anton Olsen has had an interesting World Junior. So he was originally on Sweden's roster last December uh, for the one the tournament that got canceled. And then when they uh, – so teams were allowed to change their rosters for this makeup tournament. Uh, and he was left off of the new roster initially and was only put back on it because um, – one of their defenders, uh, I think it was Matisse Havlet. I, I kind of forget who basically opted out and said they wanted to focus on training camp. And so Olsen was called back up. Uh, and then he got injured in a pre-tournament game against Canada uh, the night before the tournament started. Uh, so that was tough. Um, and he missed the first two games of, of Sweden's um uh, round robin play but he was already always skating as their extra defender anyway you know that being said teams typically dress seven defenders for these games so there's still ice time to be had there um he did not dress after the two games he did not dress today for their quarterfinal matchup against Latvia. um it has been a tough go i will say kindly mm-hmm. um he i don't i'm not particularly sure what the injury was don't know how much that is inhibiting him um he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes uh i think over the two games he's played he's skated a little uh just a little over 20 minutes but um he did pick up a primary assist earlier this week but um overall his his performance hasn't been excellent on the defensive side um through those two games um he's allowed zone entries against himself 50 on 54 percent of chances uh and 83% of those entries cross the face-off dots to the middle of the ice, which you're always trying to keep players out to the, the perimeter. Um, he, uh, his, his uh, Corsi rating is currently sitting at a lovely 41.9%. Uh, percent. Um, and he's not particularly a, a carry-the-puck-out-of-the-zone kind of guy. Uh, and when he doesn't do that, he he what I noticed this week is he'll start to just really um, – if he's kind of gotten off his game, he'll start just like throwing breakout passes up the ice a little unwisely. And so we've seen a little too much of that. Um, he, uh, against uh, the U.S., he 
uh, was on the ice for a goal. It wasn't really particularly his fault. It was a really great shot by Matt Coronado, but um, his positioning was still a little off. Not that it would have done anything to stop it, but, uh, and then against Germany, um, he pretty much got turn styled for a goal by the Germans, uh, which to be fair, their goalie very much should have stopped. It was a very weak goal to let in, but uh, nonetheless, the, the the defensive effort there wasn't the best. Um, he's just really been kind of getting exploited under his stick and through his legs a lot. So um, mm. yeah, it's been a bit of a rough go for him. Yeah. I'll ask a couple follow-up questions sure. on that in just a second. Uh, but first uh, let's take another quick break and, Yes. So today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You'll find reviews and news from every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, of course, combat sports, esports, and they even have golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in game betting, scores, and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online where the game starts. So I wanted to ask uh, kind of a couple things on both Olsen and Kanak. Uh, for Olsen, because we're talking about him, um, you know, I, I don't know if I would say like disappointing, you know, post-draft year last year. I don't Eric, you can certainly chime in on that, on, on what your take is. But it, it seems like he's got maybe of a more of an uphill battle um, to kind of get to where the Preds would like him to be in his development. Yeah. Um, disappointing might not be the word I would use. Uh, he was in a tough situation playing in Malmo. They were not very good, and he was still kind of being eased into full-time professional minutes in the SHL. Um, he's not ever really going to be someone who scores a lot or puts up a lot of points, and um, – and so you kind of have to, to dig deeper and, and look beyond that to, to see what he provides. Um, I think the biggest flaws in his game are his skating um, and really more specifically his like his pivot timing and, and speed when he's going against forwards off the rush uh, and his gap control can, and can um, sometimes really suffer. Uh, and then subsequent to that, his kind of end zone um, defense at time can break down when he doesn't control his gap properly, when um, he doesn't uh, pivot at the right time. Um, his acceleration, accelerating crossover steps are, are pretty clunky, and I think that's the biggest drawback on his skating. Once he kind of gets going, he's actually a largely fine skater, but the beginning of the process is um, isn't always the best. And I really think it's just like a domino effect. So when he struggles with those things and then he starts to make just kind of silly mistakes with the puck or he just forces passes that he doesn't need to and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I really think like as much as I'm sitting here, like criticizing his skating, I saw a lot of times last year where he very much had the opportunity to skate the puck out of his own zone and he just chose not to. And, you know, that can be a variety of things that can be a confidence issue playing in your first mm -hmm. pro pro season that can be, you know, coaches telling you to, to that you shouldn't be doing that, whatever it may be. But I actually think letting him doing that, do that or encouraging him to do that more would really help because 
um, you can see just in some games when he's really off, like his confidence with the puck is just so low. And, um, you know, if we're, if we're playing, if you're playing him and, and instructing him to just, you know, keep getting rid of it as soon as possible, then that's what he's going to give you. He's just going to throw the puck up the wall. He's going to throw it out of the zone. And then, you know, so it's kind of like a paradoxical thing there, but I really think that would help actually his game a lot. And what about with Kanak? What do you kind of see from him as far as his future trajectory? What are we seeing now? Yeah. What do you, where do you think he, you know, where's his ceiling? Sure. Um, so he, he was drafted as an overage player, so he's already a little further along on his, um, I guess, his development. I, I think that, you know, not that they would necessarily say this, but I think the Preds probably drafted him very much in this, like, I hesitate to say this because I don't want to like create expectations, but in this like Tanner Janot-esque role where he is a player who is an extremely hard worker, um, both on and off the ice. Um, he, he skates hard to every puck. He's not the fastest. He's not the most skilled, but um, you never really see him like giving up on any sort of play. Uh, and he's physical. He's not Tanner Janot physical, but he's physical. Um, he's very sound defensively. Uh, and he had had that pro experience playing in Switzerland. Um, that being said, you know, I think the kind of two most likely outcomes here are uh, he's fairly close to like his ceiling already. And he's probably just like a career ish, like top six AHL player, maybe, you know, an injury call up. And, you know, the second route being what obviously Nashville would hope is he's more of, you know, a, a poor man's Colton Sissons, let's say, but on the wing. And, you know, obviously those players can be largely replaceable, but, um, you know, someone who could fill like feasibly fill a fourth line role and be fine. So that's probably roughly like somewhere in between those two, two things where he ends up. Uh, I am really curious to see how this season goes. He'll be playing again in Davos in the Swiss league and that'll, this will be his third year there as second full season. Um, so I'm curious to see what kind of ice time he gets, um, in the top six and, and how that impacts his production. So. He's a big guy too. So yeah. he's got the body for that kind of, you know, that maybe bottom fourth line kind of role too, if that's who he needs to be. I mean, he's six two, about 200 pounds. So, yeah. I mean, he's certainly built for that. Um, Eric, I want to get your take on, on kind of this year's tournament as a whole. I know when Ann and I were doing the show earlier this week and kind of covering like the overview of it, we kind of said it had a little bit of a weird vibe around it. I mean, I know you've it's it's a makeup tournament, and I know you said there's, mm. you know, there's not much you know that you can really take of it because it's just so different than you know maybe a normal World Junior Championships. But it is still kind of bizarre to you know see some of these games and see absolutely no one in the crowd. Um, you know, even some of like the usual suspects and you know accounts and stuff on Twitter that would be all over this posting content. Um, really aren't this year and just seems like kind of low interest overall. Do you think that's maybe just because of when it is and people maybe burned out on hockey from the season? Do you think it's just, you know, maybe the star power just isn't there, you know, obviously as it's a would, maybe if it had been played like back in December or even, you know, a couple months from now in it's normal spot, um, or do you think there, there's kind of a, a bigger cloud just kind of hanging over this tournament? Yeah, I think it's probably a combination of things. I would say probably most likely the time of year. 
Um, you know, this is kind of like the month of, or so that everyone, you know, involved in hockey just kind of takes a break. I know typically for me, it's the month of the year that I really just try and like stay off Twitter as much as possible. And because uh, I have zero interest in live tweeting preseason KHL games. Um, so uh, it's, you know, that's just kind of the, the vibe this year. And it's, you know, people love the world juniors, but like knowing that we're going to have another one in five months, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's enough, you know, probably makes it so it's not enough to get people really interested in this one. Um, and you know, when the first tournament got canceled, there was, I, I think it was a really hot topic and it's just been so long since December that the, the issue has kind of cooled off a bit. Uh, I wonder also, I don't think this is a huge deal, but I wonder how much the Russians not playing affects things. Um, hmm. Because, you know, typically we kind of have this like big five of teams and, and um, you know, it's it's kind of always interesting to see the U.S. and the Russians go against each other, the Canada and Russians. And this is nothing against the remaining four. Uh, I think they're all really good teams in their own right, especially Canada, obviously. But, um, you know, I, I, Russian and hockey, I think, drives a lot of interest in this tournament and international play as a whole. So, um I wonder what them being gone, um, how that affects things. But yeah, I would say overall, it's probably really just the time of the year. And, you know, again, if this were, if this were the time of the year that the world juniors were, maybe it's different, but like, we're going to have another one in five months. So, you know, what's, uh, I guess that's probably uh, deflating interest a bit. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we of course have this tournament wrapping up this weekend, uh, we want to have you back uh, to talk about the wrap up and maybe some of the stars from outside of the Predators organization that you saw. Um, so definitely, definitely keep your phone close. Eric. We, will, we will be in touch. Will do. Will do. Um, Eric, while you're here, why don't you give a plug as to where our listeners can find you? Sure. Yeah. You can find me uh, on Twitter at on the future OTF uh, tweeting everything and anything about Preds prospects um, throughout the season. Uh, and you can find my writing uh, about the same topic at on the, on the And why don't you give uh, your plug as well? Let's get back into our, our plugging routine. <laughs> uh, you can find my work at on the and you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore mama on ice. You can find my work at onthefourcheck.com as well. Let's just complete the trifecta there. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. And while you're there, be sure to follow our podcast at LO underscore Predators. We'll keep you up to date on new episodes. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like this video, subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the Preds' performances in the World Juniors this year. Yeah, we want to hear from you. That's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Eric Denae, for joining us. We will be back with an all-new episode Friday. We'll see you then. Cheers. <laughs>